What happened God. to your finger, bro? From the fight, from my last fight. So uh, I uh, I fractured it. It's mm, like the you last. You made a post about that, didn't you? Did you make a post? I probably did. Okay. That goes back to how we view social media. <laughs> it probably made sense in the moment, and I posted it, and then was on with my life, <laughs> like yeah. you know, kind of how we talked about. But uh, yeah, so I fractured it at the last knuckle, like right before the tip. Mm. But then I also like tore like a tendon. Mm. So. After my fight last month, great fight, great performance. I'm uh, walking in the back in the locker room, and, you know, I'm talking to people that I'm talking to. And then someone, like, reaches out to hand me my phone. <laughs> and I reach out to, like, grab my phone. And then I just look, and I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Like, the tip of my finger is dangling down and oh. twisted. I was, like, <laughs> oh I was like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't even feel it, like, the whole time, man. Like, I w if I didn't reach for my phone and have you my hand, I wouldn't have known. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I probably have to wear this for the next couple of weeks. Like, even, like, I don't think my finger will ever be, like, straight. No. Like, it's supposed to be like that. Yeah. Like, I don't ever think it's going to go back to... It's just a part of it, yeah. man. Yeah. You had that adrenaline going, all those yeah. endorphins. You didn't feel anything. That's yeah. the thing about fighting. You don't feel it for... You, it can be some hours after the fact. Yeah, man. Pain. Days. <laughs> usually Days. the next day, I usually, yeah. I would, I'd wake up pretty sore personally. The worst thing for me lately has been, like, shout out to Duke Rufus, man. Like, they've really been showing me how to, like, throw elbows these last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love throwing elbows. Yeah. But then it's, like, a couple of days later, you're, like, driving. You rest your elbow <laughs> on the uh, on the side there. And you're just, like, ah. Sore. You're constantly, like, yeah, ah. Like, I think that's one of the, the most notable things where I'm, like, all right, two, three days from now, I know for a fact my elbows are, are going to be sore. Mm -hmm. So my, my hand modeling career is over. That's officially. okay. <laughs> but I, I think I'm okay with that. You got some other, some <laughs> other prospects working. Yeah, yeah, some things cooking up. So. Yeah. Dude, that's the interesting thing about the body. It's it's actually pretty soft. Yeah. And it's it's you start training, and you're like, damn, dude, like, why am I so, like, so soft and weak, and you're hurting, but then you start doing it and doing it, and then it hardens, and then, like, things don't hurt as much. Yeah. It's, like, a good feeling. It's, like, you realize, like, we're not made for <laughs> us as humans, like, Gene not genetically but physically we're we're not made for that like the the training we do yeah. as as martial artists day in and day out like yeah you can build your body up and you can make it stronger but as a human being we have our limits you know you have your breaking point like mm -hmm. my hands today like i fought over a month ago my hands today like you try to get me to open something like that i'm still hurting and yeah. not just because of my fingers the the tendons and the muscles in my hands are hurting from just punching for 15 minutes yeah like it's a lot different than punching a bag and versus a human head right you know? like so just like little stuff like that that makes me think like i'm 28 years old i wonder what my body's gonna feel like when i'm like 50 <laughs> yeah dude when the you recovery know? is a little yeah. slower yeah like it yeah I, I look forward to that day man so i've uh over time you just like i i try to stretch like mm -hmm. i do a little bit of yoga like as i've gotten older i've learned to focus more on recovery and like rest as opposed to back in the day you know growing up like wrestling man like you're constantly taught like, pain is weakness leaving the body yeah that old but, saying but like every fucking day <laughs> like <laughs> Like, every day, man, the, the things that you do, like, jujitsu and grappling, man, like, takedowns, 
hitting the mat, getting back up. Think yeah. about how many times a day or like in a session, a training sessions, you hit the mat and just get back up. Yeah. Hit the oh, mat. A lot. Get, that's a lot on your body, man. And I start to feel it already. So I just, I imagine me trying to do this when I'm 40, when I'm 50, like, I feel like it's one of those things you, you have to keep doing it. Yeah. Because once you stop, there probably is like, there's no coming back for it, you know, once yeah. you get past a certain age, obviously. Well, you're going to break down regardless, right? Yeah. At least you're doing it the way you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy. Like I've had, I've had a ton of injuries. So let's see, labrum rotator cuff here, labrum rotator cuff here, uh, ACL a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, I've broken both ankles wrestling in high school. But one thing I can say about like at this age after I had my uh my labrum surgery here, did the rehab, did everything I need to do, like I feel like my shoulder here has been more stable than it was before the injury. Yeah. Same thing on the right side. Had the surgery, did my rehab and I'm like, man, like I've kinda learned through those injuries, like not only where my weaknesses are, but also how to like take care of those parts of my body. My ACL, my knees are great right now. Yeah. You know, maybe when I'm 50, I'll start feeling it. But like, you know, through, through training and the rehab, learning where those weaknesses are, learning what could have caused those injuries, Yeah, you know, like, oh, you may have had a little bit of instability here. So that affected the mechanics here. And right. That could have caused a blowout here. It's like, it's like you're a car, like you, you get the diagnostic information mm -hmm. and then you realize what you need to put into that car as far as maintenance. And if you continue to do that, the car is going to perform to the best of its ability. Yeah. So I've kind of learned that like about my body, too. So in a in a silver lining kind of way, like a lot of my in my injuries have been like. I benefited from them in some kind of way. Yeah. So. They're not like major, major setbacks. Yeah. You've learned to like come back stronger. Yeah. Yeah, man. What kind of mobility stuff are you doing these days? Um, So I do a lot of the my mobility work with uh, Jessica Cameron, okay. J-Core Fitness. So she, over the last few years, actually, she has me incorporate a lot of like animal flow movements and mm -hmm. a lot of the work that we do. Okay. So even like during camps when I'm training here or whatever, like I make sure to try to get get in with her like as much as i can like yeah if i'm going through a rough week and my bodies are beat i'm s starting to feel my hips get tight i'm starting to feel my yeah. back and everything get tight shoot that text message out to jess be like hey <laughs> yeah. hey can you fit me in and like there's been times man like i'm here just like randomly you know during a fight camp mm -hmm. whether it's you know i had to be here with dean or like tyron or something like that and i'm like hey i'm my body's kind of tight can you fit me in here and she's like yeah she'll be there same day Oh, nice. Thing. And don't ask no questions. Put me through a routine, and I mm -hmm. feel, like, brand new again right yeah. away. So that's been very beneficial for me. So it sounds like more like body weight, natural movements, just kind of really taking your joints through the ranges of motion and different things like that. Yeah, like, um, to be honest, man, like, I didn't really start. Like, I wouldn't even say that I lift weights now. Yeah. Like, I don't know what my max is on, like, anything. And until I started working with Stu, who we both know at Output Performance, man, yeah, like before that. Stu Beef. Yeah, Stu Beef, my guy. So before th I started working with him, like me picking up weights was like very far and few between, you know. But getting with him, and he just has me do like basic stuff, you yeah. know, farmer's carries, like um, 
kettlebell work, like all that stuff. So yeah. it's even then, it's like I'm not going in there. I'm gonna bench 200 pounds today for yeah. five reps. Like, yeah, you're not powerlifting. Yeah, you're not doing bodybuilder breakdowns. None of that stuff. Know. And then when I tell people who may be in other sports or not um, competitors, they're like, they look at my body and they're like, oh, you have to like lift. I can tell by your build. Like, how many times are you in the gym? And I'll be like. I'm in the gym like six days a week, probably two to three times a day, but like not the kind of gym you're talking about. <laughs> like, yeah. If I'm in the gym, like I'm punching something, I'm grabbing someone, I'm mm -hmm. lifting somebody, or I'm working with someone like Stu, or I'm working with someone like Jess, maybe once, twice yeah. a week, depending on how my body's feeling. So. Yeah. 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 You, you take the approach, it sounds like, of actually, like you train, like everything's training. I think so many people, they have this idea of like, I'm going to go work like, out. Let oh. me just go, just break my body down as much as, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Right. Or you have those trainers where it's a badge of honor, where they're, they're trying to kill everybody. Or did you throw up today? Or mm -hmm. almost that whole, uh, I th you, that I think that mentality is especially very uh, prominent in the CrossFit community, especially, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. let me get this wad in and, and go as hard as I can, as fast as I can, and I want to throw up and be laying down on the ground. Yeah. But, um, I mean, sure, sometimes you can go crazy and do that shit, but all in all, I mean, if you take the the like the measured approach of training like with a program mm -hmm. it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing yeah i've I've always said that man ever ever since i was in high school i like i had a coach who like preached that like there's a difference between working out and training mm -hmm. so even when it came to like wrestling like you could go through a hard two-hour practice we're wrestling live for an hour and a half mm -hmm. then we're going to do a, a half an hour of strength and conditioning afterwards like yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get in great shape, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna go at nationals and beat the number one kid in the country. No, he's like we're training. Like our training would consist of, hey, we're gonna go. We used to call it the lab. So we're gonna go into the lab and we're gonna work on this setup and this takedown for two hours, and we're just gonna drill it, nice and slow, two hours. Just drill one takedown, one setup training for an outcome with a purpose mm. so then it's like you become so good at something you become good at that one thing to where it's like my elbow pass to my high c my elbow pass to my double when it came to wrestling it was one of those things you knew i was gonna do it yeah but like seeing it and stopping it were two different things mm -hmm. because i trained it to a degree i could do it in my sleep from anywhere as opposed to being like okay we're gonna go in here what's what's uh what shot what takedown do you like okay this week we're gonna go over just high c's and the next week we're gonna go over double legs and then the next week we're gonna wrestle on the mat but it's like how does it all connect together for me yeah and you go into it like every training session with that mindset and i, I think that's what even separates like the great people from like the the good people is training with a purpose and having a goal in mind and being being methodical and most importantly intentional yeah with like with everything you do yeah yeah, yeah. that definitely yeah. comes across because obviously we were just talking off air and that's your approach with with most things right yeah <laughs> and it can be very frustrating <laughs> sometimes <laughs> that's man. your like, approach but that's how you become successful man like if you study people who obviously everybody's different but a lot of common traits among people who succeed and or are are you kind of like working the plan you know you you take an approach and there's steps along the approach and like you know you you test and then you reassess and then you you know you do something different and then you keep going forward you know i mean there's an approach it it's frustrating though and like 
even like today so like i can apply it my most recent experience i would say is like i've approached dating like that oh really nobody does that anymore <laughs> like no one no one does that anymore like man I'm, I'm 28 years old you know i'm coming out of you know i'm growing in yeah. my life so like i'm being more intentional with pretty much everything dating is like one of those things but like it seems like nowadays we're in like that the instant gratification stage so we're like I've seen people, they meet someone and then like a month later, it's like they're in a relationship. And I'm like, do you even know this person? Like, have y'all dated? Like, you just skip the whole dating part and jump right into a relationship to where me is like, I'm like so intentional with like even anyone I mess with. It's like, it's going to be a, a process. Like, yeah. And like, it can be a gift and a curse sometimes <laughs> because I find myself where I'm like, I'm constantly like testing. I'm like, I'm gonna give you a little bit of rope to see if you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give you a little bit of rope, see if you hang yourself. Okay, yeah. you don't hang yourself. All right, we can move and progress. And I'm yeah. so like, sometimes slow. you're always testing. And yeah, know it. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then it's like, I'll be tested, and I forget to actually be in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> actually, be in it. It's so a it's like a curse. Yeah, it's a balance, like everything else. And I always say that it's a gift and a curse, man. Like, but I mean, for me. What I've learned is the way I grew up, like, it was always off. It's a survival instinct for me. So, like, I do it, and I don't even realize. So then I have to be more intentional about being being present mm-hmm. and being in the moment Yeah. instead of trying to plan ahead or stepping outside of a situation and trying to see it full scope, which is a good thing. Yeah. But it's like I got to make sure I'm in it with this person, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in a friendship yeah whether i'm working a job like whatever it is because if you're not in certain things those little important moments will go right past you yeah it's like sometimes you have to be a little little like you said present a little open and vulnerable as opposed to being like the master planner all the time yeah yeah you'd be a good architect bro I suck at math, so I don't. Yeah, but, I don't you, know got, if but you got the vision. <laughs> yeah. You can plan it out. <laughs> I could. I, I'd be a good. You kind of I, are an architect in a way. Ooh, that's, that's deep, right? right? I'm the architect of my life. But like, we all are, right? Yeah, but I think if I had any music abilities and talents, which I don't, <laughs> I think I'd be a good like music producer, like being able to like have a vision and see things like full scope and like bring it to reality mm. like whether it's like sonically or, or whatever like i think that's something that like maybe in my past life i could have i could have done or been good at so or maybe after May- fighting maybe who after- <laughs> who's the that's the I, thing like you know, fighters don't ever want to talk about like after fighting but shit dude mm. life is long life is so long you know what i mean like what about when you're like 50 or 60 yeah. or 70 or i mean projects come it's not like you're at that point in life I would not assume with the type of person that you are, you're gonna be needing to like work for money. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna want to. You're gonna need something. You're like the type of person who probably needs a like a project. I'm there now, man. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and like that's always, constantly. Yeah. Like, I'm, so imagine if you're not training for fights. fights. Yeah, then I'd probably go crazy. You're gonna but, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have a lot of projects. Like I'll probably drive myself crazy trying to find things to fill in that space. But like, I mean, I approach life like that now. And it's like it's a weird dichotomy because, like, I'm working on this fighting thing, right? And I've been working away at it. I've been chipping away at it for like a long time, and I'm I'm making progress. You know, I stumble every now and again, but like, who doesn't? That's mm-hmm. part of the growth. That's part of the progress. But 
I've also through those experiences, those experiences open windows like elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, man, like I've been in, in spaces and places like I never really saw myself in. Like if you would ask me a few years ago, I'd be like, no, nah, like like you're crazy. But then as I open those windows and, you know, I peek through it, you know, and I'm like, oh, then that window leads to another opportunity it opens up another window and I meet this person and this person and then I realize I have potential here I realize I have potential here and I'm like I've always been a very like introspective person Mm -hmm. so it's like as I'm stepping through these windows and I'm grasping hold of these like opportunities like I'm constantly looking within myself and I'm like all right this fighting thing though like questioning myself like am I getting distracted or is this taking away from this like is this is this really just a mirage or an illusion that's meant to like take me away from my ultimate purpose which is fighting and i've learned not to look at it that way as much because when it comes to the fighting and the training i have a great foundation like that's the thread of my life like literally if i if i never fought again tomorrow like i will still be in the gym training mm-hmm. every day when I'm traveling around and I'm taking advantage of opportunities here, there, wherever I'm at, I'm always training. I'm always finding somewhere to train. You know, I'm always finding someone to train with. Like, I'm always, like, it's just, it's such a part of me, it's not going anywhere. And I can rest on that, and I can rest that on the idea that I know, like, when it's go time and when it's time to strictly just dial in, nothing can distract me. You know, I was having a conversation um, with someone a few days ago, you know, that, that I'm friends with, you know, there was potential for a potential relationship, but then it ended up not working out. And they just, they saw that me putting my hands in so many pots and then let alone the fighting thing, you know, people have a hard time, <laughs> people have a hard time like relating to the fact that I you get in a cage and you fight in front of thousands of people. Like, why? Like, I don't understand like why you do that. And they're like, well, I'm trying to figure figure myself out and I don't want to be a distraction to you. And I was like, as a man, like, I know what I want out of life, you know, and I realize I'm still growing and, and what I want tomorrow may not be what I see, what I see is fit for me today. But the reality is you're only getting so much real estate. Like, and I understand, like, it's not that you're not important. And I understand, like, what we, when we operate here, like, that's critical, but like, if you push beyond the boundaries that I set, you got to go. Mm. I'm only going to, you can't, you literally can't distract me because any time that I've invested, anything else that I've invested into our friendship, relationship, or whatever, it's preordained. And if you stay within that, we're good. If you go beyond it, we're probably probably not going to last yeah. because I know what my prior- priorities are whether it's fighting, building myself, some of the acting stuff that I've done, like whatever it is, like I'm allowing you space. You can't distract me. Yeah. 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 You're disciplined. Yeah. I guess. I guess. I don't, I, I don't feel like I am sometimes, but you know, people tell me that. So yeah, I can be very disciplined. What else would you call that? If you don't, if you don't allow yourself to be distracted and you stay on task. Intentional. Intentional. I feel like discipline has like, can have a negative connotation it can yeah just like because when you when i think of discipline right like you think of if i don't do this i'm going to get in trouble Mm. if i'm intentional i'm like i'm going to do this 
if it works out, it works out. Yeah. If it doesn't, I'm going to find another way. Okay. So, like, that that's just how I see it. Yeah. And that probably fair. has a lot to do with, once again, how we figure out the world is generally the conditions and everything that we grow up in. So, yeah. like, for me, like, discipline. Like, I grew up in a situation to where I wasn't safe. I wasn't stable. There was a bit of, like, abuse. So, when I think discipline, I think of, like, like corporate. Yeah, like punishment. being disciplined. <laughs> yeah, yeah, being, being disciplined. Yeah, being punished. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that So, I like sense. to say intentional. Yeah. yeah. Intentional is a good word for that, too. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I mean you have like you have to focus on the thing that you're doing and I mean if you're being intentional about your life, you're not allowing yourself to get distracted by these other things. Yeah. Like you have a purpose with each action. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I rest on that that too. So when I'm doing things that deviate away from like fighting, I rest on like my internal compass like checking me. Yeah. Like okay, I can do this and then if I step out here like, I trust myself, I trust my foundation, my constitution so much that I'm going to question myself to be like, okay, am I, is this right? Is it wrong? Right. Is it, is it taking me away from this? Where I feel like maybe some people I'm learning don't have that. And that's just kind of been like the, the trend of my life is like realizing where I may be unique in, in places that I may be muted throughout my life. Mm-hmm. But then it's realizing that like a lot of that shit is like strength. Yeah. And I had no fucking idea until you start talking and open up, opening up to people, having conversations, and then you see their reaction to the things that you're saying, and you're like, like, oh, like, is that profound? Like, I, like, yeah. I had no idea because I had closed so, so much of myself off to pretty much anybody, yeah, you know? And, like, as I've grown and I opened up, and it's like, damn, I'm kind of, like, making an impact or this person sees me in this way. Maybe maybe there's something there. I should probably dig into that a little bit more. Yeah. So it's like learning even a lot about myself like through the world and through other people. Right. But then also being so concrete in my foundation to know that like if someone puts something on me that doesn't feel right and doesn't feel like me to be like that's not me either. Right. You know. So yeah. it's just it's just men life. Yeah, know? it sounds like you're yeah. constantly broadening and actually like strengthening your self-awareness. Right? Yeah. I mean, you're an introspective um like a deep thinking like planning type of guy, right? Yeah. And cuz I I spend a lot of time in my head. Mm-hmm. I really I spend a lot of time thinking. I didn't realize how much I did. Man. Yeah. Like, and you only speak whenever you feel like there's something to be said, exactly. right? Exactly. So when you do for you, like you spend so much time with your thoughts, they're just your thoughts. Yes. But then you say the things to people, and it's like one of the th- I think one of the the greatest things I've 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 learned, or I try to keep in mind from a perspective standpoint, is that not everybody knows what I know, and mm-hmm. and some and, and on the same return, like everybody you meet will probably know something that you don't. So I'm constantly learning. I always I used to just assume that people knew what I knew, but. Mm-hmm. They don't. So whenever you do share some things that you're thinking about or that you do know, it's just like, whoa, like they're not ready for that. Yeah, but you've also like killed your ego too. To even just say like people, someone would know something that I don't know. Yeah. That's hard for a lot of people to, to realize or even come to, to understand because you grow up in a certain way. And like, like you see it all the time. Like there are some people that are so sensitive to like challenging perspectives in life. But you realize it's because, like, they've been so rooted in one perspective their entire life. That's what they built their existence off of. Yeah. So, like, anything alternative to that 
you're contending against me. There's friction, you know, whereas someone like you, you would, you go into a situation, you're like, this person could maybe teach me something I don't know. Yeah. And like, that's a growth mindset. That's essentially like what learning is, you know, like mm. whenever you learn a, till, uh, a skill or a talent or you learn anything about a subject, you're not just learning, you're understanding what you don't know. You're realizing how how stupid or ignorant you may have been the the moment before yeah and then you put that information in there and then it's just that constant growth thing and you you can tell you have a growth mindset and most people don't most people are fixed in their ways fixed in their thoughts fixed in their perspectives yeah this episode is brought to you by strange donuts listen if you're in the st louis area you got to check them out. It doesn't matter which location you go to. There's four of them in the city. You can go to Creefcore, Maplewood, Kirkwood, or just across the river in Edwardsville, Illinois. doesn't matter which one you go to because the donuts are delicious at all of them. And let me tell you something. Every weekend, there's some sort of new flavor creation. You will be so stoked that you check these guys out. Hands down. One of my favorite guilty pleasures. Anytime I'm traveling, I got to find the best donuts in the city. And when you are in my city, St. Louis, you got to check out Strange Jonas. So, again, check them out. Let them know that we sent you. You don't get anything for telling them that we did send you, but they do know that you listened to the show and we got you in the store. So, go do yourself a favor and get you some Strange Jonas today. We are also brought to you by Imposed Will. Imposed Will is my company, and we have athletic apparel and gear. We just dropped our free flow shorts, the best training shorts on the market. We just dropped our base gi. Go check that out. We're taking care of our jujitsu community for sure, but anyone who is just athletic and moving and grooving, come join us. Come check us out. ImposedWill.com. You know, I was, uh, who was I speaking with? Um... I think maybe the, I've actually I brought it up a couple of different times, but I wonder: is it possible to have a growth mindset when you're operating and not like you're not operating in scarcity, but you're you're put in scarcity because you're constantly just operating in survival mode? You know, how many people are are constantly just surviving day to day that they can't even see past that to actually start growing or like caring about their community or trying yeah. to save money or do any of these things to better themselves when you're just constantly surviving i think it's it's like that old adage right it's like is it's not what happens to you it's what you do with it yeah so i would be someone in ways growing up like constantly trying to survive and get to the next step was like how how I got along mm. you know and obviously that is like encoded a lot of like responses that are just intuitive to me in my life today is whether it's in confrontation or you know in relationships or whatever the dynamic may be like I realize a lot of the way that I am like the insight that I have on the world today yeah. I picked up through survival so like growing up, I conditioned myself to be quiet, stay out of the way. That's how you get through life. Don't draw any attention to you. But in that same moment, in those same moments where I'm being quiet or I'm moving around like my own home and I'm like walking on eggshells and intention, and, and, and but like my eyes were always open. 
and I was always having those intern that internal dialogue like with myself and and processing things around me like seeing things that I probably shouldn't have been seeing mm-hmm. you know like having that internal dialogue making sense of it um even growing up like if you would have ever asked me like if you knew me let's say 10 years ago when I was 18 and you asked me oh, do you have an imagination like I'd have been like like no man like I felt like I was always anchored in in reality you know like actions and outcomes yeah black and white but then I also like as I've come to learn and discover myself like I realized like I have a very profound imagination but what it where it kicked in and kind of like what you said earlier like they were just thoughts to me kind of it was kind of the same thing to where if I was in a situation as a kid to where where I felt like unsafe like i would daydream mm. like often like a crazy amount like I, I would just i would daydream and i still do it to this day like yeah. i mean I, I realize how much like i dissociate yeah so but you, but you, you defined imagination as this one thing so you didn't think of it as, as, this, other. as this other thing yeah yeah so like even as a as a kid like and this is something that like i write about to like my safe space was like my room mm. so like Whenever, whatever was happening around me was happening, I would go to my room, lock my door, sit on the floor, play with my, my WWE action <laughs> figures. I think we talked about that last time, yeah. <laughs> like how big I was in the wrestling, but like I wouldn't just like play with them. Like I would literally, I can remember to this day, like if someone was walking past my door and I felt like scared or like afraid, like go into a daydream of like, me being a professional wrestler, mm. or like me being the rock or something like that, some figure. And then like, it wasn't just like a thought. It was like, I was actually in my mind, I was actually there. Mm. I was actually this professional wrestler wrestling this match, living the life- lifestyle. Like I felt like I was there. And then you think about what I do today. Yeah. You're out there kicking ass, yeah. larger than life, half naked. Yeah, half <laughs> half naked <laughs> in arenas. In a, in, a, in a cage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, so it's like those experiences caused me to, to grow. That that scarcity of safety, you know, the scarcities were different. That scarcity of safety, that scarcity of feeling like my voice could be heard caused me to go inward which then throughout my life as I met people, I made decisions that caused me to go outward. Mm. Now I'm fighting. Now I've, I'm acting. I'm commentating. Yeah. You know, the kid who was quiet and tried to stay out of the way his entire life, you put a, a camera in front of his face and a microphone, you ask him to talk about something that he's passionate about, and turns out he's pretty fucking good at talking yeah he didn't even know that right like so it's just crazy it's just i think at the end of the day it all comes down to like a decision yeah and and what you do with with what happens to you so growing up in that survival mode can i think it can be a blessing but then there there comes in that you have to be conscientious you have to really know where you're at and become one with yourself to make it a strength and not play that vi- that victim mentality. You see a lot of a lot of people who go through things or live in scarcity or whatever. Like, 
woe is me this oh i'm this because of this or i'm this because my parents didn't do this or mm-hmm. i'm this because i had this this opportunity stripped away from me from this like yeah they just stay there right you know like not even that i was so like profound to be like oh david you had all these things happen to you like so now you gotta be great but no it's just like i was just i got to a point to where i was just okay with being uncomfortable mm-hmm which then grew to me being like cognizant of like now I know what I'm bringing to the table through these experiences, which led to opportunities, which led to me saying yes to opportunities, which ultimately led to me being the person that the scared little kid envisioned. Yeah. And it all just came, comes full circle. And it's, it's still happening to this day. Yeah. yeah, man, I think that ability just to kind of like turn inward and to really focus your thoughts and intentions is a superpower. Yeah, it really is. I think I'm so big into just man, like you, I think you can truly manifest the things that you want in your life. Obviously, you have to do work, but if you put intention towards it and and you like visualize it and you you have a plan, mm-hmm. so many things can come of it even if it's not even the thing that you envisioned right it's like it's like you have this idea for your future and it's probably something you think about a lot and there's all these different opportunities that spring up or these people that cross your path that you had no idea about but they're still taking you towards the ultimate thing yeah i think i think that's a superpower you know just to have that ability to focus and live intentionally that's something me and uh me and dean dean thomas talk talked about a lot and that was the weird thing about, like, our dynamic, like, me living with him for, like, almost two years damn near. Yeah, you were with him like, a lot, I was like, yeah, man, like, oh, man, I love living in Florida, man. Like, I'm, I've been back in St. Louis for about a month now. And don't get me wrong, like, I love I love being home, but, like, man, Florida was just. Florida's your jam, you can't, huh? you can't be Florida. Like, I miss, like, waking up and, like, oh, I don't have anything to do today. I'm going to just go to the beach. Yeah. I know the weather's going to be nice. Like, oh, it's raining? Like. It's only going to rain for 20 minutes and I can go to the beach, you know, like, like I missed that. But like, I literally, I texted Dean like two days ago and I remember one of our last conversations at at the house, the firm is what we call it. it. And like, we're talking about, you know, some of the opportunities that like at that time were just, they weren't even ideas to me. They kind of just came my way and I started to entertain them. And I'm like, man, like, like, is it possible for me to even leverage this opportunity into even like a fighting career like they could go hand in hand and like you know dean the 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 mma coach and trainer he's like of course you know i feel like most people would have been like like no you need to focus on yeah fighting you got to train every day he's like he's like no keep putting yourself in positions to win it's not crazy for you to think that you can get this opportunity on tv or whatever it is or this opportunity and come to the table with a promotion like a ufc and even maybe even possibly get more simply based off of what you're bringing to the table outside of the sport Mm -hmm. and i literally texted him two days ago i'm like i got some news got an email and i'm like yo our conversation is literally like coming to life like as we speak right now and he's just like you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just crazy how that works out, man. Because, yeah. like I said earlier, I've been chipping away at this fighting thing for so long. And, and you fought. You know how it is. Like, I feel like fighting, especially particularly MMA, like, there are so many Michael Jordans in MMA 
that never never really whatever got whatever opportunity for whatever reason but there's so many good fighters who may be better than the top best fighters in the world right oh, now there's a ton of good you know what i'm saying there. and because the margin for error in our sport is like so small yeah it's you tough know? it's it's tough man yeah. and like i don't i don't like to use the word luck but like so many things have to go right for you to yeah not alone win a fight no matter how skilled you are because it comes to to a point to where everyone's skilled at the highest level i will never fight someone and look look at them across the cage at this point in my career and just for sure know i could beat this person yeah you, you know what i'm saying because like we're all good and if we're not technically good we're they're tough mm -hmm. you know if they're if they're not super super tough they're probably super super skilled and yeah. one discipline and if you go there within this 15 minute span it's probably not going to be best for you yeah like the idea yeah. of a walkthrough you just yeah i mean maybe you do walk through them but yeah. that shouldn't be in your head and, like and even even if it is even if it's a walkthrough a puncher's chance always have yeah there's always a puncher's chance it's a matter of of inches you're mm -hmm. in the wrong spot at the wrong time and, and and you get clipped, man, and that's just that's just our sport, and that's what makes like fighting so hard. And it's like to circle back to what I was getting at too. It's like I've been chipping at this thing for so long, and then I'm starting to realize like the opportunities are scarce to like be great in this sport. So like when you get those opportunities, you have to you have to capitalize. Mm -hmm. I lost my fight back in February. Dana White's there. You know, they're filming the, the Dana White looking for a fight. Mm. Nelk boys are there, you know. Looking at the kid that I fought, Gage Young, like, talented kid, but I knew there was only one way he could beat me. You know, that turned out to happen for whatever reasons. I don't make excuses or whatever. I move forward. But even understanding that, like, if I win that fight, I'd be here talking to you right now as a UFC fighter. Yeah. And watching the broadcast on, on UFC Fight Pass, I happened, I finally watched it after a while. Like, winning the first minute and a half, you know, controlling him. Like, I was surprised because, like, he this is kids coming down from 155. I'm a 45-er. If I needed to, I can make 135. Mm -hmm. So I expected, you know, in my mind for him to be, like, this big strong like hulking guy like i'm gonna have to wear him out mm -hmm. then i put my hands on him and i'm like i was like oh shit like i'm moving him like and i'm not working very hard you know so I, maybe i hyped it up a little little <laughs> a little more in my head than it, it probably would have been but um separate eye poke most people saw it like i didn't even realize it happened like i thought in my mind because he put his hands out it wasn't anything intentional obviously put his hands out i go here look at the ref he stops for a second ref doesn't do anything mm -hmm. i can't see shit but i hear like he's moving forward sorry for that sorry no, but I, I hear you know how the yeah. cage is like mm -hmm. you, yeah. you hear the feet coming forward yep. and i'm here and i'm just like throwing which is stupid i mean you throw blindly game of inches is probably not going to work out for you very well big dude got power in his right hand i went down ref stops the fight that's it go back home maybe like a week or two later and I'm, I finally watch it on USC Fight Pass. And right before our fight, you know, they're announcing that we're about to fight, they pan in on Dana White. Um, 
I forgot who his right hand man is. It's like Hunter or something. I don't know. I, f- I forget. Whatever. They're all at the table. And you see Dana White looking down. And it's my picture. Oh, with shit. With my stats. And he's. Oh, shit. What's going through that, your mind that, in that moment? This is, that's how close I was yeah. to changing my life, right? Mm. You know? Um, but, yeah, just looking at it, that, then that made me realize, yo, like, these moments are, are real. Yeah. Like, so when you get those moments, you have to capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. And, like, at this point in my career, realistically, those those moments aren't going to come every day. So I have to make the most of those moments. Right. You know, and where I fucked up even in that fight, like going back and just remember mentally, like I had him against the cage and I'm like, this went through my mind. Like this was the actual thought, the actual thoughts in my mind. I'm like, oh, I could just wrestle him all day. Moving him here. I'm like, yo, I can wrestle him. I can just do this and win. Mm Mm-hmm few seconds later if i just sit here and wrestle them they're gonna boo and it's not gonna be an exciting fight yeah let me let them go and bring, uh, let, let me let them work up and come back to our feet you let Boom. him up to to the feet is what is I, w- I won't say let him as if like i'm all but i was not a, trying to keep him down. i wasn't trying to keep him down and and it goes back to also also kind of goes back to a training thing to where i have a bad habit or had a bad habit of fighting positions when they weren't there. Mm. And like, I could get away with it because I was strong enough, whether it's, you yeah. know, because I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the highest level jujitsu practitioner, right? Mm-hmm. So even when I grapple with like high level jujitsu guys, like I can control them position for position. You're probably not going to submit me. I'm going to control you, keep my hips where they need to be. When I get my hand control, I'm going to punch you. I'm going to mm-hmm. elbow you. Yeah. And I'm going to punish you. But there were times to where I would just get so sold out on that to where me trying to do that is like I'm working a lot harder than I have to. Yeah, you're not being efficient. So that had a lot to do with it too. And I just, my execution wasn't there. But I was okay with just, okay, let them go, create space, blah, blah, blah. I had touched them, my jab, so I felt I knew I can touch them. Mm -hmm. Touched them with a good, good left hand, which I caught them. And then he, he read it because that's what he caught me with. I was throwing my left hook wide. Yeah. He came over the top. So when I caught him with that first check left hook, he was smart. You know, he did what he needed to do. He made the adjustments and he was throwing his right hand down the middle. He brought it over. So like that, that's that game of inches, right? Right. So I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, I let the kid up. Like I'm just, I like, get what you're saying though. You didn't want to waste your energy trying to hold that position. Hold, trying to hold him down. You wanted to transition up to the feet. And I'm like, I w- but I was doing it because I w- was like, I want to be exciting. Yeah. And then now I'm like, no, fuck that. Like you know, <sighs> that's like a, that's a tough situation to be in though, dude. Because you have to be exciting. You yeah. C- you could have wrestled, fucked him the whole match. Yeah. Whole fight one, still not got signed. Yeah. Like you have to be exciting. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's, and it's, shitty, it's, it's, it's show business. Dude, like, it's a that's shitty proposition, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that I look at it like that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's and tough, dude. I mean, unless they're, unless you know, obviously Dean has connections, right? Unless, yeah. unless somebody's helping you with the conversation, 
or you know you're training at a gym like what you do i mean mm-hmm. you said rufus sport right obviously yeah. they're pulling yeah. fighters from there all the time yeah. or you go to sanford or jackson week or so, any of these fighters like they're pulling fighters from there yeah. but dude certain things like that dana white show like that contender series you can't just win like yeah, you have, have to be to. exciting too yeah. you know what i mean you have to be you fortunately for you you have the total package mm-hmm. you know as you know you can tell a story you look good um you're you you, you you, you talk well, you know what I mean? Like there's all these things and you fight phenomenally. So you have all the things to, to, to like win on a show like that and mm-hmm. get the contract. Yeah. It's just, man, that's just a double-edged sword yeah. though. You know what I mean? You got to be a little reckless to win those fights sometimes. Yeah. And, and I think this, my last fight bouncing back from that. So that was my first loss as a professional. Like, yeah. How I, do you I, respond? That's a big deal. Exactly. So I go into that fight and, and I realized what I need to be successful. So even going through the experience to the the Dana White looking for a fight fight. I'm going in Kansas City, the kids from Kansas City. Like I'm I'm coming into his house, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going through the the motions, you know, weigh-ins, like he's posturing, doing all of this bullshit. Like I see right through it. Like I'm never someone that needs to like do that. But like I was almost just like I'm too cool, you know, like I'm too relaxed, <laughs> yeah. like even in the fight in the back, like, you know, like I'm, I'm going through the, I'm not nervous. Then I start having that conversation with myself, like, damn, should I be nervous that I'm not nervous? You know, I walk out like I'm comfortable. I'm seeing everything. I'm seeing everyone. Like, I'm like, okay, maybe I've made it. Maybe I've arrived because this just feels like another day to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I realize the gravity of the moment. It's not that, but maybe I was just too comfortable, right? And then th- that situation happens, and then I wasn't. I was planning on winning that fight, and then probably take a couple months, just kind of relax, and you know, not do anything. But then I get the opportunity for the LFA fight. And I remember my manager, I got a text message from him at like 3 a.m. And I'm like, uh, you know, the time is not right. Like I'm in, I need, I'm moving. I'm in the middle of planning to move from Florida to St. Louis, like last minute. Then I would have to figure out where I'm going to set up camp. Like Dean's traveling around with the UFC. Like I don't have access to him. Like yeah. I, like I usually do at this very moment. And I'm like, fuck, like, fuck, this is super uncomfortable because like, all of my my plate all of my procedures that I had in place like everything's just kind of all over and wow now this would be a horrible time for me to take a fight but then I'm like fuck man like I realize where I'm at in my career and I'm like I can't pass up any opportunities mm-hmm. like I literally can't say no to this right. especially after what had just happened in my last fight and then there's a part of me that's like I gotta I gotta get that off of my back so I say yeah to the fight Man, I probably, in preparation for that fight, was the least amount of training I've ever done for a fight. Not not because I was lazy or I didn't want to, because I didn't have, like, access to the resources that I usually have. So I was doing what I could. Like, it's funny because I was having a conversation with uh, the guys who cornered me, um, O'Day Osborne. He's in the UFC. He's a 25-er. Okay. And then uh, DiMaggio, who's a local fighter here. Yep. And there uh we're driving back from uh from wisconsin to st louis and i'm like someone had made a comment or sent me a dm and like man that was your best striking performance ever da, da, da. and i was like it's like yo 
I haven't hit mitts with a coach or a trainer since a week before my last fight. Mm. That was like two months ago. <laughs> two months ago. And then, like, I go out there and have the best striking performance, like, I ever had. Yeah. Like, how does that make sense? Dude, sometimes that <laughs> rest is necessary. You know what I mean? Like, in the sense of you weren't training as much, right? Mm-hmm. You know you know how to fight. Yeah. Your body knows how to do that. You know, as long as you're in shape, you can probably go in there and do the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, maybe, maybe just the downtime where you weren't overly mentally preparing, where mm-hmm. it's like, I need, like, I have to have this camp, this this day is this this and yeah. this and you know what i'm saying You're that's not- where you, like as a fighter like i've i've run that part of my life at, like a business right man. setting up my camps like that's how i'm able to go and travel other places because i the relationships with my sponsors that i have like yeah they take care of me i take care of them like there's a lot of there's a lot more that goes into that mm-hmm. than like people with the like oh i'm gonna put your patch on my shorts you're gonna give me money like no it's bigger than that i have true relationships with like these people that support me like, right even you know, as a partnership and and they'll a partnership and they'll support me outside of fighting because of it you know and like the biggest thing for me too as i remember getting ready um to walk out for that fight i'm warming up or you know even before that i get to the venue i'm sitting in the back i do my usual thing i normally i just put my headphones on and i'm like you know i kind of want to be be here i need to be here i need to be in the moment i don't have my headphones on as much you know everybody's in the locker room talking there are a few guys that i knew that i trained with from florida like rain i didn't even know they were on the card you know so we're talking and i'm like okay i'm comfortable few few minutes go by and i'm like start seeing the first person warm up the, the show's about to start now yeah and then i'm like i'm hearing it i'm feeling it my heart's beating i'm like I'm like I'm like oh shit like Am I getting nervous? <laughs> and then we start warming up. You know, Ode puts me through a good warm up. DiMaggio holds mitts for me. And I'm like, I'm starting thinking about, all right, like some of the bad things that could happen. Then I'm like, fuck, I'm a little more nervous. And then I don't think it helped maybe like a week before the fight. I came across an interview with the guy that I was fighting. Um, he was talking about how he's going to kill me. He's going to, mm. he's going to murder me. He's out here to take my life. And like, I've learned that I respond to that kind of shit very well. <laughs> like, you, like I'm a calm, cool, collected dude, but like, that'll bring that, that side out, okay. you know? And like, I remember a few minutes before the walk, this was an actual thought I had in my mind. Like I'm stretching out and then like, my hands are shaking a little bit. And I just remember thinking to myself, oh, this is why people don't do this. The nerves and shit, like, like, oh, shit, this, what I do isn't normal. This is why people don't fight. This it's is why people, this is why people spend their whole entire life avoiding what I'm about to do right now. Mm-hmm. I was nervous. Yeah. And I would go out there and I have the best performance of my life. You got to be on edge a little bit, man. Yeah, yeah I've, I've, learned, I've, learned, I've learned that. <laughs> yeah, because it keeps you sharp. And I think my past experience has kind of diluted that a little bit because, like, even, like, fighting on the local scene and stuff, like, man, there's been times, like, no lie to you, bro. Like, I fight for, like, a shamrock. I can sell it for, like, 200 tickets. Mm-hmm. I'm producing merch. Like, I'm doing all of that on my own. Yeah. I'd be selling merch up until like 10 minutes before showtime. You know, people calling my phone, trying to get tickets, trying to get this. 
other than like my sister helping out where she could like mm, i'm handling all of that shit up until 10 minutes before i walk out yeah you want to talk about being distracted yeah so like i'm not in it (laughs) you know so like I think that's why I kind of got comfortable because, like, I maybe use that, like you said, as a distraction from, like, the nerves and stuff like that because I'm looking at it. I got to get a certain result. Like, I got to – I'm setting up this after party here and this. I got to have the merch here. And, like, I'm in the back, like, phone call. Yeah, and that's one of those things you can't do once you start facing, like, the high-level people, the better people that when you're both vying for that job. Yeah, right? (laughs) Because, I mean, at that point, it's like – like everyone says is like we both have a dream and like i have to crush their dreams in order for mine to 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 survive and carry forward yeah so like being a lot more present last month and just getting nervous man and Mm. realizing that like i respond very well to adversity and like i may have sold myself short in the past trying to dull that Mm. you know that's true man you know the things we tell ourselves and uh, sometimes it it really can be a little overwhelming when you truly kind of grasp what your potential is and what you are capable of accomplishing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think mediocrity is so celebrated in today's society. And then especially in a community like St. Louis, there is a lot of crab yeah. in a barrel where they're yeah. trying to pull oh, you down. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you are doing well, you know, it, and some of it, I, and some of it is, I don't know if it's necessarily, I think you, you see the, the spectrum, but I think some of it is also is just people not necessarily just wanting you to do worse, but it's just that they just they just start feeling so bad about themselves. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of hear it in their voices when you're telling them things. or I mean, you know, you come across people, you can't tell them what yeah. you're doing. Their mm-hmm. eyes get glossed over, and then it just, you know they don't care, and then you just feel like you're just bragging, or it just doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Yeah. You know, so you just don't say shit, right? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like in the beginning, you're like, so much has happened, but so much hasn't, you know? Oh, yeah, because everything and nothing is happening. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> happening right? right? It's because yeah, yeah. you can't tell them that everything yeah. that's happening, right? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense but um you know i think that what was i thinking about you know i remember in high school i uh it was it was my senior year before we had like this big like crosstown rivalry with helias you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. it was always like a big a big wrestling thing because they've always had like a very sick wrestling team throughout the years i lost to a kid from helias my sophomore year in the state semifinals really i was working on the tech in the first period took bottom in the second Try to Grammy roll. Oh, <laughs> it, got, shit. it got stuck. Damn. They used to wear those tights, like they wear their singlets and, yeah, and they had the tights that. underneath them. Yeah, they always had a strong program, so yeah. it was always a big deal when we kind of went against them, the the public school. Now I remember some of the kids who I thought were my friends. Like I look back on them now, I'm like those kids, like they're not my friends. Yeah. Like, I don't even talk to a single one of those people mm-hmm. today. But um, I heard like they wanted me to lose, and at the time, dude, like I mean. I was ranked second in the state. I was running through everybody. There's no fucking chance in what I was going to lose to this kid. But they wanted me to lose, and that really, like, pissed me off. It kind of hurt my feelings. Like, I went out, and I think I almost teched him, and then I pinned him. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I just wanted to embarrass yeah. the kid and yeah. do that. So I did that. But I realized this maybe the other day. I don't know if I, don't know if I was microdosing or what I was doing, but I was deep in thought. And I was like, man, I spent a, a – a, a good amount of my fighting career in life kind of just downplaying my shine for lack yeah. of a better term, dude, just kind of being more humble than I needed to be like not being my true authentic. Like 
I am the fucking shit, and I want to murder people. And that kind of affected my fighting career, actually. Because it it starts as this small thing where Mm -hmm. you kind of start being just a little bit more humble, but then then that turns into a little bit of self-doubt, and then it kind of manifests into your performances, and it can be this whole mental thing that you're going under. And then ultimately it just manifests as not having belief in yourself or your true potential. So then you you hinder what you can possibly Mm -hmm. do in life because you don't have that ultimate belief in yourself. All because somebody... Who probably was a little jealous? Who didn't have? Who was there? Who was also insecure? Who's? We're all just kids at the time. Mm-hmm. Said something, and it can kind of manifest in your whole life, and that that, that can happen to a lot of people, and probably does. You know what I mean? You, you program yourself to dim your light to, to make, make a, everyone else comfortable. Yeah, and bro. like, man, I've I've experienced that not only with my peers, but with people who were supposed to lead me and guide me at times. And I never, never would have thought that, like, like how could you see me in that way? Because I'm looking at you like you got it all figured out, you know, whether it's been fighting related or just really in my personal life. Yeah. And like and I've always been the type of person like. I was talking to like one of my really, really, to be honest, one of my only true friends. So when you talk about somebody that I can talk to about anything or I can talk to about nothing. Um, my friend uh, Drizzy, he's a, he's a barber here in St. Louis. He's he's pretty popular. Shout out to Drizzy Studios. But that's actually where I was going when I saw you when oh, I was down when you? I was downtown. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll hang out like around Wash Ave quite a bit, and like he just opened up a studio off of Olive. Okay. And so I was leaving from like Wash Ave and then driving over to Olive, and I parked, and that's when I, I looked. I was like, Ain't nobody else I know got hair. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody else I know got hair like that. And I was like, Yo, that's Adam. I, I was in such a zone that day. Yeah, but like we were having a conversation yesterday because he just opened up his studio. He's been doing like a lot of a lot of big things. Like you should have him on the podcast actually one day. Okay. He'd be a great person for you to talk to. And we're just talking about like. Like, I've essentially known this dude since, like, middle school. We were on the same club team, then we were college roommates, and then we got to talking about some of the other people we were, like, friends with and, like, how we don't really see them or, like, we probably wouldn't even want to hang out with them, you know, Mm. at this point. But it's like, man, we were, like, we've always kind of, like, accented each other. Like, we're always constantly, like, growing at the same time. Therefore, we're always going through the same shit Mm -hmm. at the same time, just in our own little avenues. And then like, I've been back in St. Louis for like a month. So I'm like, it just it just kind of dawned on me. And I'm like, yo, like, you might be my only, like, friend, yo. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but I'm good with that. Yeah. You know, I'm good with that because, man, this dude, I fight in Miami. I fight in Milwaukee. Like, no matter where I'm at, I'm going to get my pre-fight cut. Like, you know, he's going to come out. He's going to be there. He's not only going to cut me up whatever i need like he's gonna be there and never have to ask Mm -hmm. and like for me it's the same with him like whatever he's working on like i'm just there like i'd be offended if he asked me to be somewhere like i'm just intuitively automatically there bro to help you and to help you grow and just support you and like what you're doing yeah and it's never been that thing because like he's like a year maybe two younger than me so like even growing up wrestling like in high school, I, I was like you. Like, I have a story. Like, my, my junior year on my high school, I'm undefeated. I'm just coming off of All-American at Fargo. Like, you know, I was, I was, I was like, that was a good year, <laughs> you know. And, like, I dislocated my shoulder the week before state and ended up having surgery. And, like, so I couldn't compete. 
And I remember I just went to support, you know, some other people. And I remember going to weigh-ins with my teammates. And, like, obviously, you know, like, you can't go back there if you're not competing. So I'm walking around the, the Hearns, Hearn Center, I believe it is. Yeah, the Hearns. I'm walking around the Hearn Center in my sling. And I just walked over there because a couple of my teammates were going to weigh-in. And they called my weight class. They called my name. I didn't respond. And, like, everyone in the uh, the weigh-in area starts cheering. <laughs> They're all happy. They don't got to deal with happy, you, bro. bro. And then, like, that was probably one of the most defeating, like, moments of my life at the time. And I just remember just sitting in the hallway of the Hearn Center crying. Mm. And, like, these, these guys are, like, celebrating that, like, I'm not there. But, like, I mean, a week before that, I'm, like, so dialed in and i'm focused and i'm like doubting myself a little bit like i know i'm good but i need to be consistent like i need to you know the best the best wrestler almost never wins state it's about being the best on that day yeah and i'm like i need to focus on being the best on that day then the injury happens and then that moment happens and then from that moment on i'm just like bro i can't like i deserve this shit because mm. like if they're looking at me like that Imagine what I could do if I looked at me like that. Yeah, that was affirmation for you. Yeah, yeah, it, it sucked. <laughs> it sucked at the moment. But, I bet. You know, and like, I just, I will, I will never dim my light for anybody. I don't no. care if it's a relationship. I don't care if it's a friendship. I don't care if you're a coach or a mentor. You know, there's that old saying, the 48 laws of power, like, don't outshine the master, right? Mm. Like, to a degree, yeah. yeah. Like, I interpret it as, like, be humble and always seek knowledge mm -hmm. but like i've been in spaces with people man and like people that are considered masters in their craft and i go and i try something and i blow it out of the water and like i'm just moving i'm just moving through life mm -hmm. like i this season this isn't something that i practice for i train for it's just something that's intuitively like I'm, yeah. i've done and i've done well at and like i've had people that have tried to try to mentor me but i realize it's more about them and their ego and keeping me in check as opposed right. to actually allowing me to grow yeah not really actually trying to help you right yeah. just self-serving yeah that happens too that totally happens too man yeah dude you just got to be able to watch out and yeah. kind of figure out who's 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 there for you mm -hmm. and who isn't right that's the theme of my life right now man and it's it's crazy how like hard it's been Cause like there are people, man, that I thought were were in my life mm -hmm. for the long haul. Like not just peers, people that I may have looked at like father, like father figures mm -hmm. at some point to where, like, I realized they may have had a a different agenda, or they were only comfortable with my relationship with them as long as I'm beneath them, yeah. or as I'm, you know, I'm I'm subordinate to them. But it's like, man, I'm growing into to a man. Yeah, and then once you meet them as equals, then you really see who they actually are, and you're like, "Oh, you are not the person that I thought you were this entire time. You were just comfortable because you felt I was beneath you. But then when I respond to you as an equal, you're I don't know I don't even know who you are right. anymore. And man, I've I've lost within this last I'd say year year and a half, man. I've lost pretty much like almost everyone that I thought was down a ride, whether it be I realized 
you know, they were around when my name's out there and shit's popping. Or I realized that when I'm equal with them in certain areas, it's like, then all of a sudden I'm a villain in their eyes. Yeah. You know, whether it's been someone I thought, like, I could be in love with. And then once they get around me, their insecurities start showing up and they start projecting that shit. Like, and it's like, I've just been cutting so much dead weight. Yeah. And like, I, I feel like there has to be because there's growth and like, there's something, something, something's coming. Right. Cause this isn't just happening for a reason. I don't, I don't know what that looks like. Whether it looks like me being a world champion fighter whether it looks like me breaking out into the, the modeling space, which is crazy. Never, never in a million, bro, I'm 5'8", 170 pounds. Like, never saw myself walking on, like, a runway. But then, like, you know, you start opening those windows up. Randomly go to KC. Randomly run into the head of, like, New York Fashion Week. And, like, he's ba he's he's a friend of mine, but he's my agent now. Oh, and shit. we're trying to build and get me work and, like, I just got back from New York doing some things with him and just meeting his people and like, like I'm like, what I've learned, long story short, the people that are going to put you in the places where you're destined to be don't look like you often. They don't talk like you often. They don't, they don't, they may not even see the world like you, but those are the people that are going to help you the most the people that you're you're often around with because you're comfortable with because you feel like oh we're into this together or we look like this we come from the same place or those people once you surpass them are going to be so uncomfortable with you and they're they're going to like excommunicate you mm. because of how you make them feel yeah but that person who is one of the biggest lawyers ever da 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 like randomly i'll get a phone call when i'm i'm doing my business shit trying to get a camp lined up i didn't even ask them for anything hey how does how does how does 10 grand you need 10 grand like you're asking me uh, the answer is yes <laughs> you, you know, like 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 legit man like and i'm i just had a, a a conversation where i'm arguing with someone who's basically family you know, that may run a business and we're trying to come to terms on, you know, what a sponsorship looks like for less than a quarter of that. Mm -hmm. And I go from this person who's familiar to me that should just probably just like the way that I am. If you're doing something, you're my boy or whatever, I'm going to support. Like, you don't have to ask. But I have to have arguments with people who I thought were there for me. Mm -hmm. Then I go from that to literally 30 minutes later, I'm sitting at the table, budgeting, trying to figure out what I'm going to be able to do, phone calls. Hey, what you got going on? I, they didn't even know I had a fight coming up. Like, hey, what you got going on? Oh, well, I'm doing this, 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 and this. Uh, I mean, we can start with 10 grand. Would, is it, would, that, would that be okay? Like asking me as if it's a privilege for them to help me. Yeah. You know the yeah. the the irony is those people are usually the people that you know the least amount of time. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly the case, man. And it's just like, but if you're not if you're not open to the to those opportunities or those blessings, or you don't, I feel like if you don't lead with a good heart and good intentions and good energy, I don't yeah. think that comes to you. But like, I mean, meeting Elliot Carlisle, man, like 
he's he's a designer he's he's a little bit of everything but he's big in the fashion space like this is a gay black man i'm a mixed martial artist i'm 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 heterosexual like if i wouldn't have opened myself up to having cuz i was vip at uh Kansas City Fashion Week uh one of my friends had invited me like and this just goes back to what dean said putting yourself in positions to win yeah I'm in the middle of my fight camp for my last fight. I'm driving while I'm in the middle of the fight camp. I I have to move. So I'm driving from Florida to St. Louis. Like for me, I'm initially upset because I'm like, man, I'm going to lose like a day or two of a training. I, uh, I got this fight coming up in mm-hmm. a few weeks. I get to like right outside of Nashville. He calls my phone. And he's pretty pretty important in Kansas City. He's like the unofficial mayor of Kansas City, man, like my friend. Uh, he ran for mayor last year, lost by a slim margin. Mm. He's like, we had a conversation a few months before. He's like, hey, you know, we talked about the the Fashion Week event that I'm hosting. Um, I got your VIP set up, got your hotel. Like, you're still coming, right? It's tomorrow. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, shit, I, for, I forgot about it because I just ha- I've been in like a whirlwind, man. And I'm like, you know what? Like one thing about me, like if I say I'm going to do something, like I'm going to do something. Being here today, man, I haven't been asleep since yesterday. For real? Yeah, like for real. Like, like man, like I, I probably got about an hour and a half of sleep. Damn, bro. But I'm like, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. If I say I'm going to be somewhere, I'm going to be somewhere. Pick up the phone. I call my aunt. She lives in Nashville. Like, hey, like, are you home? She she owns a bunch of businesses, so she travels around a bit. She's like, yeah, I'm home. I'm like, all right. Hey, I'm going to look at flights. Um, I'm going to book a flight out of Nashville. I need to park my car <laughs> at your house, catch this flight. Yeah. Park my car at my aunt's house, catch this flight to Kansas City. I'm in training. I'm probably like two, two and a half weeks out from the fight. Mm. So, and I'll t- tell you how funny this is. So I go to Kansas City. I'm there for three, maybe four days doing all the Ka- Kansas City Fashion Week stuff. And as I'm there, like, I'm meeting a bunch of, like, important people in the fashion space. And, like, just they're randomly coming up to me, like, during shows. Be like, hey, like, I could see you doing this. Like, hey, like, I, you should meet this guy. Like, I've met so many designers. And I'm like, that was not my intention at all. Like, I'm here to support my, support my boy who's hosting the event. Yeah. And this this guy, man, he's like flamboyant guy, right? Walks up to me. And, like, I knew he was important because when we were in the VIP section, like, when he walked in, like, everybody's, like, mm. making their way over there to yeah. go talk to him. And I'm, me, I'm like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> like, who the fuck is this dude? So we randomly standing in the same vicinity and a photographer comes up, photographer comes up to me, introduces himself. He's like, hey, let me get a picture of you two. And I look to my side and I'm like, because I wasn't with anybody and he was right there and I'm like we're like oh okay we take yeah. a picture we start talking uh he asked for my my Instagram I get his go about my business 10 minutes later he comes up and he just he's like I can tell like his wheels are like spinning but like at first I'm like yeah I don't know <laughs> I don't know what the situation is you know and like <laughs> we start talking he starts telling me who he is blah 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 I'm like, all right, yeah, let's let's do lunch or something tomorrow and let's talk. Like, I still didn't know what what his motive was at the time. He comes up, I'm at the Lowe's, we we do lunch, man. We talk for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Tells me a story. We have very similar stories, um, and then he's just like, hey, look, like, I feel like there's space for you in this industry, and I want to help you get there and figure it out. Mm. And I'm like, 
all right, me, like, I can be an X's and O's person when I need to. I'm like, all right, so what does that look like for you? Like, what do you need from me? Like, hey, I don't have much to offer outside of what I'm – I'm a fighter, you know. Like what you're doing. Well, outside of what I'm currently doing. Like, if you want, like, financial compensation, I don't know how much I can do. He's like, don't worry about it. Since from that moment on, man, like, like I was just in New York. I'm connecting with someone, like – Putting me in the spaces. That's how it works, dude. It's got to be open to the opportunity, right? Exactly. Now, if I didn't, if I'm driving, I'm like, oh, like I need, I need to get back to St. Louis. Yeah. I gotta. No, I'm not gonna. I, do I, that. I'm not gonna. Like, where, where would I be today? Yeah, you it's know? true. It's just crazy how that works out, man. Like, just saying yes to shit, mm-hmm. putting myself in a position to win, and now I'm building like this, this new team of people. So, like. As I'm losing people, I'm meeting new people that I've known for a less amount of time, but that time value and what we're doing in that time is exponential to anything that I've done before with like people I've grown up with. Right. And that just blows my freaking mind. <laughs> that just blows my freaking mind to this day, man. Yeah, so. dude. I think some people, when they know you for a long time, they have a hard time seeing you as anything other than what they saw you yeah that's that what person they know you, you to used be. to be yeah yeah because yeah. it's okay to be a different person and to change and grow like mm-hmm. you're supposed to be growing and changing yeah right i think some people they just have an idea of who they are and of who you are yeah. and how we fit in the world and they just can't change yeah. it for whatever reason i definitely learned i feel like personally like it has more to do with them no, i feel like sure. most people have a hard time seeing behind beyond their own horizon. Yeah. Like there's a whole world out, like I know there's a whole world out there at this point beyond even what I can see. There's so much, dude. So with that being said, like I'd be ignorant not to entertain an opportunity that comes to me or just say no because like this is who I am. Like anything beyond this isn't for me. Like I'd be stupid, who knows? Like I'm, I may be needed in certain spaces someday. Like, when I think of, like, my brand and, like, what I'm trying to build, it goes beyond fighting. When I think about, like, the people that I want to connect with and, like, when I'm in a position to really, really start giving back, like, I give back minimally how I can now. It's in scale with where I'm at in my life. Mm-hmm. But when I, when, I, when I think about where I want to be, where I want to go, the people I want to help and, like, make an impact with, like, they don't all have to be fighters. Me going out and doing this television opportunity is going to open me to a world and put eyes on me like with people that fighting never would. Yeah. Me going out and doing this film and that's going to open and put eyes on me like for people that I may have never had reached to. People that are interested in like other things. And the thing that connects everything and keeps them all relative is like me at the center of it yeah so like i understand like for instance when i fight i get knocked out tko i didn't go out (laughs) ref ref stops the fight there's a difference yeah there's a difference it really is ref stops the fight back in february there's probably like six seven thousand people at the arena there's the no like that was the event of all events like if i could write a story for how i got in the ufc it doesn't get more storybook than that that happens. I'm walking down the ramp. Look to my to my left. Look to my right. 
man, there was like 30 kids there screaming my name. Like, I just lost one of the biggest fights and the biggest opportunities in my life. Yeah. They don't care. Mm -mm. They give no, they, they don't care about the result in the least bit. Right. But for some reason, they see me. And they they want to come and support me no matter what. How they want man. I sat there for about ten minutes and just talked to him on the ramp, still sweaty, you know, just got just got knocked down, and I was like, man, like from that moment, I went into the back. I talked to Dean. Dean's like he's always there when he needs to be. Like I had people be like, oh, when you got knocked, when you lost that fight, I didn't see Dean in the cage and this and this and that. I'm like, Dean, don't need to, he don't need to be there right then. He knows I'm fine. I'm going to get up. I'm going to walk to the back. We have a conversation. I go to him, and I'm like, first thing he says is, hey, it's over. And I'm like, man, like, I thought I'd be, like, distraught and destroyed right now. Is that wrong? Because I'm not. But then I had that moment walking to the ramp where I'm like, oh, that is what this is about. At the end of the day, those kids – like, I'm going to remember that moment. Those kids are probably going to remember that moment. There's probably a kid out there that I may have shook hands with that at that moment decided he wanted to fight. Yeah. You, you never fucking know. You never know. And never that's know. what it's about for me. If I could make it on a, a, do a movie and someone sees me and they're like, oh, like there's something that, you know, they see themselves in me and they're like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. Someone sees me, if I fight in the UFC, I'm fighting for a title, whether I win or not. I know someone somewhere is going to be watching. Someone somewhere that may not be able to see beyond, like, their horizons and their surroundings. Like, them getting eyes on me could change their world. That's what it's about. Yeah. I think, I really do think that we have an obligation. I think a lot of us, I don't think enough people take it seriously enough, but I think you really do have an obligation to like push for greatness. Yeah. To like push to really achieve like the things that you can achieve because like yeah. at the end of the day when you tell your story or when people see it or when people meet you, I mean, who knows who you're inspiring or, yeah. or what may come of it. You know what I mean? I think that there's so much, we're all connected. There's so much interconnectivity between us all that, by living on a higher vibration and like yeah. pushing for greatness, like that is going to radiate and you don't know who you're affecting or what may come of it, whether it's for you directly or indirectly through somebody else's life. It's, it's hard though, because it can be a very lonely exis existence. Oh no, it is a lonely existence. <laughs> Cause it's counterintuitive to like, everything that we're taught growing up of like how you are supposed to fit into society right go to school graduate go to school graduate get a job family house kids procreate all that stuff mm -hmm. fit into this this thread and that's your place but like being like a visionary or like being like an artist, like I always say this all the time. I had a conversation with a photographer a few weeks ago. Um, I was talking to you about like some business that I'm doing with a friend and training partner and he's into fighting or whatever. And he's like, he just started asking me like questions about technique. And I'm like, I'm like, man, like me and you, we're the same. Like I'm an artist. You're an artist. Like that's always how I've, I've approached fighting. Yeah. 
and with being an artist to be an artist is to be a visionary you have to see things that other people don't see yeah and but that's where the loneliness dude, comes it's a in. challenging existence that way yeah it's, it's, it's very challenging man and if you're not strong within yourself like people they wither to that mm-hmm. and like seeing something that other people don't see and then also trying to get people to see and understanding like the process of it like that shit is hard and that shit is like lonely man like man i've 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 lost relationships because like even before i'm at where i'm at now or i'm trying i was trying at the point to where i'm trying to build to where i'm at now and if i'm with a partner that that may see the world in that way of like hey you have to fit in this thread to be stable and be successful in life and i'm like understand that i can do that but what i'm doing right now is i'm making the decision to be great Mm -hmm. i've i've gotten jobs off of the strength of conversations i've turned i've turned down six-figure jobs before because i knew it would take me away from trying to build what i'm building now and if i would have went that direction i don't think i'd be here today but I know within myself, I know the skills, the capabilities, the talents that I have. Um, you talked about vibrating earlier, like the vibrations that I have. I'm constantly going to be approached with opportunities like that. Because of who I am, the people that I surround myself. Conversations have led me into job opportunities. I, I got a job right now that I didn't even apply for. Like, it's it's crazy. And it's like, I wrestle with myself because I'm like, working the job and then i'm like man like one like i'm the youngest person in there everybody in there is like 50 plus yeah. <laughs> 50 plus like and i'm realized like oh shit like this this is what they do like this is it for them like yeah. this is and that's not bad don't get me wrong i'm not downplaying anybody but you know they made me an offer like i couldn't refuse like you're gonna you're gonna pay me over 75 a year salary benefits to work three to four days a week yeah, sign me up sign like i'd be crazy to say no to that yeah but then being in that environment also is a balancing act because i'm like i know i can't get comfortable right if i get comfortable making this money mm-hmm. i get comfortable spending time this I, i'm in an office i don't do any labor no hard labor like yeah couldn't 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 be a better situation and that's just i got that from picking up a phone call and I literally was, I may have been, I was in and out of St. Louis, but I knew I was going to be there for two days. They called me, they're like, hey, can you come from this interview? And I'm like, well, shit, I don't have anything else to do today. <laughs> so, like, I'm going to go, go to the interview. I walk out with the job. And then I'm like, like, dang, I didn't, I didn't prep for the interview. I didn't, but I'm here. Like, yeah. so, yeah, it, and it's just crazy, man, like, how those opportunities come and, like, even now I'm in a better place to be like, I could gauge where I'm at and where I'm trying to, like what I'm trying to do and be like, okay, I can do this. I can work this job and I can still build. However, here is my threshold. Right. If you try to take my time beyond this, I'm out. I don't care what you want to pay me. I set the parameters. Yeah. Like, so it's it's a constant balance in that and it's still very, very lonely, but like you're probably the first person that I told I've even worked this job. But if I talked to somebody, if I told someone that I may have dated in the past or something like that, I'd be like, Oh, like I'm so proud of you. I'm this and this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I could have done this five, six years ago. Yeah. 
but I realized where I needed to put my energy at what time. And right now this fits within the, the roadmap of what I'm trying to to build. Right. A year from now I may not It's a means to an end at the moment. Yeah. 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 You know? And I I'm a sole believer in how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. So even knowing that, that doesn't mean I'm gonna go in there and half ass and bullshit the job. Right. That's just not me. That's not who I am. I don't I don't want that that energy in my right. life. So I, I approach that job how I approach fighting. I approach any acting job that I've gotten, how I approach fighting. It's all the same. Yeah. And even the last little film that I did, it's uh, What If I Stay? I auditioned for like one of the smallest roles in the film. I may have had like two lines. Do the meeting with the, the producer and the director, um, Abby DeFabio. She's a... She's actually, I didn't even know. I did this whole interview with this girl. I didn't even know she was like a musician. Like, she's a Spanish girl. But she's like, she has a pretty big following. I was like, damn, I had no idea. Not really. You never but know, man. N- you never know who you come across. No, man. And she's like, after doing the audition for whatever small role they have for me, and they're like, you know what? Like, we want you to try for the lead role. Hmm. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm like, how many lines does that take? I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, okay. Send me the script. I do the lines, and she's like, yeah, your, your keyword, your energy is perfect. Mm. Matters. And I'm like, I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So you know, even with that, gave me the script, studied that script found found myself in it a couple weeks go by i find myself on set and i'm on set with like people that are like trained actors yeah me i've done some small stuff here locally like i'm just like happy to be here yeah so i i get to work in or get to meeting everybody get to work in do my first couple of scenes and then like the other actors are like they're coming to me and asking me oh what'd you think about this or like asking me for like input these are people that are like oh this this is my my acting coach and she's done this this yeah. like connected to like strong Did people that feel weird or what it felt very weird like man surreal maybe yeah but what i what i've come to realize and this is a part like another thing i've been writing about like one of my goals in life is i want to write a book mm mm-hmm. Um, and another thing I've been writing about is like you you said earlier, you know, living in scarcity and like how that could like make you like my scarcity, like from a child growing through life to where I'm at now. I've been acting my entire fucking life mm. to survive. Acted like I was OK when I wasn't. Acted like I'm the quiet kid when truly at heart I'm the artist and mm-hmm. I'm expressionable and I'm personable and like I've been acting to survive so like there's no there's it, it makes sense why you could throw me a script and I can go out there and just I'm not acting I'm just being mm. like it all fucking makes sense yeah everything's just it, aligning it, yeah out. just align and it's it's just crazy man and like yeah. I'm excited for for what's to come, though. You know? You're doing a lot of introspection. 
I feel like maybe too much. <laughs> like, well, shit, bro, you're on the road a lot. What else do you do when you're on the road? Are you listening to audio books? Do you read? Or uh, audio books? Uh, I've I've been trying to uh, force myself to read more. Dude, thinking. Yeah. And I didn't realize like it's crazy now that I'm aware of like how much like, and I learned this through relationships, how much I detach and dissociate from like what's happening at times. So now I'm at the point to where like I'm aware of it and I catch myself doing it. Yeah. Like, I'll be in a conversation with someone. And it's not that I'm not paying them attention, right? Like, it'll all start with a conversation, which will spark a thought that's related to a conver- to the conversation. And we're here in the conversation, but then in my mind, I'm thinking here. Yeah. You know? It's it. probably going to happen, like, two or three times now as we talk. <laughs> as we talk. But then realizing it's a strength. Yeah. But then also realizing that. When I'm engaging with people, like, I owe them my attention, too. Yeah, it's just like coming back to center and focusing. Never would have realized it or put eyes on it if it wasn't for Dean. Really? Yeah. He brought attention to I it? I tell you, he taught me a lot with fighting, but, like, 99.9% of our conversation is not about fighting. He taught you more about life. And I know that's such a cliche, but it's, like, so fucking true, man. Like, from the littlest things, like, he's the first person that picked up on the fact that I dissociate and it was through like training because like me and Dean, we can talk and we can train and we can break things down to a molecule and like a technique will become like a forum Mm -hmm. for me and him. And I didn't realize how unique that was for like him until like people that are around him are like, yo, the way y'all talk and communicate is not, it's not normal. That's not normal. Like he don't even really like do that. Like for real. But like, he just, he would notice, like, he's, I remember when I first started training with him. He's like, you're good, man. You're technically sound. Like, you got it. But, like, my biggest fear is that you will lose focus at a critical time in a fight. Mm. Which essentially, essentially happened back in February. Yeah. Dominating the fight. Lost focus because I want to, I got to be exciting. Oh, I got poked in the eye. I want to take my eyes off my opponent and motion to the ref. Yeah, like, like you're thinking too much. I'm thinking yeah. too much. And I haven't always been self-aware. And, like, just little things, like, comments that he make. Because, like, we train, like, early in the morning. Go out into the garage space we have set up. And, like, one thing I wasn't even aware that I do is, like, I, like, I do that a lot. It's soothing to me. Like, I feel like it opens up my lungs and, like, it's just something I've always done. And then <laughs> I remember one day he's like, <laughs> he's like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> because I'm sitting next to him. He's thinking I'm, like, upset. Yeah. Or, like, I'm like, I don't want to fucking be here. Yeah. But, like, I'm in my mind. I'm, like, <sighs> like preparing. I'm getting yeah, ready. That feels good breath. for yeah. my my lungs. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Like, you, you don't want to be here. Don't be here. And I'm like. Like, hold on, where is this coming from? (laughs) Like, where is this coming from? And, like, he wasn't, like, pissed off or anything. He was, like, being funny about it. Yeah. But, I mean, that launched us into a conversation after the fact about self-awareness. And he's like, I think sometimes you get so focused, you lose focus, Mm -hmm. and then you're also not self-aware of, like, how other people are portraying you that are around you. Oh, okay. So I would do like little things like that. Like I'm not thinking about how other people are processing the information or if 
you know, I walk into the house and there's like a group of people. I go to my default and I'm like, I'm moving to like stay out of the way. Right. Like for me, I feel like I'm being respectful. Right. But right. like someone else could be like, oh, why is he so standoffish? Right. Or why isn't he, you know, I, I do the minimum high. Like why is he not engaging with yeah, us? Yeah. Not yeah. Like and us? other people would. better than us? Yes. It could be anything. I've done that my entire life, man. Yeah. That's their problem. And it, <laughs> <laughs> but like being introspective is like helped me like dial in yeah. on like like all of that. Yeah. And then like even like meeting Elliot in Kansas City, the David who wasn't aware for that or the David that tries to stay out of the way, like would have stayed out of the way of an opportunity. Yeah. And I've done that so much in my life. I've stayed out of the way of opportunities to shine because – I want to dim my light to to help other people, or I'm not as self aware, you know, just right. for a plethora of reasons. So Dean made you aware of that, huh? Yeah, How man. Long? It's been a couple years ago, you say now? Yeah, about a year. About I would say year about ago? a year and a half. Year and a half. We were, we were. So like the past like year and a half, you've just been on this like intense like introspection of just figuring out like how are you perceived by people and yes. just being aware whenever you kind of dissociate from the situation. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever feel like when you're talking to somebody, I do this because I, <laughs> I, I dissociate as well. So I, cause there have been times I think, especially in maybe like past relationships or something like I'll be sitting there or, you know, and, and my, my ex-wife in particular, she would be like expressing something to me or we'd be arguing or something. I'd be sitting here as close as we are now or closer looking yeah. at you and then all of a sudden, like, I just feel like I'm a million miles away from you. Like, I just feel like I'm just, distance is just, gro I'm looking at you, I see you, I know you're right here in front of me, but I feel like I am 10,000 miles away from you. And I do yeah. that with people sometimes, and it's, it's a weird thing, and it's not something I was really aware of until maybe a year or so ago, and I was just thinking about, I do that. I'm like, I don't think this is normal yeah, that people yeah. do this. It's your normal. <laughs> it is my normal, yeah. so I assume other people do yeah. it. But in reality, yeah, my normal <laughs> isn't everybody's normal. But you're pretty similar to me, I realize. Barry, have <laughs> you ever seen the movie uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? I don't think I've seen that. Watch that look man. Real quick so I can look, see, at least see the cover. Of you're you're gonna watch. What's his name? Uh, ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Okay. He works for Time Magazine, and basically he has a pretty mediocre life, right? Oh, I've seen this movie. Yeah, he just imagines everything. Right? Doesn't he? That, have, yeah. He has a crazy imagination. That's what we do, man. Like yeah. so, like, i.e., I'll go back to relationships because you just you just brought up a relationship. I'd say the the one person I've ever truly like truly been in love with right? yeah uh we'd be sitting we could be laying next to each other on our couch like cuddled up right mm -hmm. and for me in my mind like a thought occurs I'm I'm happy I am content that thought sparks the dissociation to where I'll go into dreaming our entire future mm because I'm so happy, I'm content, like, not only just, like, seeing it, like, I'm feeling it, like, I feel like I'm there, like, I'm daydreaming, yeah. right? And then, in the midst of my, <laughs> in the midst of my daydream, I hear a comment, like, are you okay? And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, what, like, what do you mean? So I snap back to, like, I, I left, I was not present. Right. That, that moment grounded me, that comment grounded me, and now I'm back, and she's like, are you okay? Like, I feel like something's wrong. And then I'm like, like, no, like, like, I'm good. And she's like, she's an intuitive, emotionally empathetic person. 
and she she could be like like no man like something's not right yeah and like she could be anxious so that'll spark her anxiety and then we'll go into this back and forth of like it'll grow from are you okay to no i'm fine to like are you sure she's like i feel something isn't right or i feel like you're not here then i'd be like are you trying to tell me how i feel like (laughs) and then like that little thing will turn into this big drawn out argument yeah when really at the time i just couldn't articulate right like communication i could yeah i couldn't articulate that like i'm imagining my future with you Mm. to her it felt like I'm detaching from her. Right. We're in the same space, but two different realities. That's true. Um, I think today, like, obviously, I've I've honed that in. But not only that, is I'm at a point to where I can articulate my feelings and emotions a little bit better. Yeah. As opposed to staying out of the way. Right. I think that also yeah. has to do with maybe security on on the other part as yeah. well too yeah to for be sure like, hey man you're here with me right now like what's going on through your head yeah but to understand that doesn't necessarily mean you're there's a, yeah there's an element there's an element there too so it's like, not all on you but yeah no, it's it, yeah. Dude, that's a probably a huge self-awareness like moment it's like dude how many times do you like go over those moments in your life you're like <laughs> yeah. whoa that's what that was yeah i do that a lot bro. I'm, I'm, I'm it's crazy and i feel like the more i do it i mean that just means there's more growth there because like that's something that i didn't know before right so that's why it's coming to me. Yeah. So now I guess that's where intention comes in because now I'm like, whenever I notice certain things happening, I want to attack it in the moment. Mm. Yeah. Not not retroactively or after the fact because yeah. after the fact could be too late. For sure. For sure. I don't like to let certain things stay on my mental plate too long. Yeah. It helps keep me very efficient. That's a weird thing, though, too. Like, you got on, we're weird in that way. So, like, whenever, like, I'm, relationships, there's an argument or there's something that, that needs to be talked about, I want to attack it right away. Yeah. Like, n- not that I'm, like, forceful, like, we have to talk about this, but I'm going to do what I need to do to, like, make sure we have dialogue in mm-hmm. a forum to talk about it. Some people need days to even figure out how they feel about how they feel. Right. You got to kind of, like, chew on it for a second yeah you can communicate it but i'm not like that i'm like even if i'm not sure how i feel about something i want to get the spark going oh really right away like let's just attack it right away so it could lead into whatever the solution needs to be oh i'm not quite like that deja is she's like that she wants to i need to because i'm so used to thinking of stuff in my head yeah and i think i've developed a way where I realize I'm a better writer than I am a speaker. Like mm. I speak pretty well, but sometimes I'm not able to articulate what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I need to sit on something for like a day or so oh, sometimes to like really me. figure <laughs> Sometimes I just need to figure out what do I think about things. Yeah. Like I'm really weird about that. As okay. I, mean, I was like, what do I really think about this? Like, all right, let me think about the how do I want to say this and what are the best words or let me am I am I just reacting with ego and emotion right now? Like why yeah. do I feel this way sometimes i do need to sit on things for yeah. a little but i think that's just because i'm so much in my head yeah you don't live in that space in your head so much anymore to where you feel like you have to re- retreat it sounds not like. in that way yeah not but when it comes way. to the introspection i'm like that yeah yeah but if you're trying to handle an issue that's like I'm hey like, like let's get it all on the table yeah. and like let's right. work it out like, right here together like i'm like i'm not married to an outcome yeah but like, let's get it out there and start to 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 chop the wood and get through what yeah we get i could be so better at see. that I that's mean, like a collaborative approach. Yeah. In a yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, because, like, 
what I've I've learned is someone who's not like that. Yeah could perceive that as like me being aggressive even though like my dialogue my posture or anything isn't re- aggressive or they're like oh i feel like this and i'm like oh like so why do you think you feel that way and then I'm yeah like, they're like oh like what, are you attacking me like, right like well, i'm just trying to to sort through the weeds here like that's yeah. all i'm trying to do that's just and how then, you handle situations yeah, head on yeah yeah and like most people most people don't really like that and i feel like that's where it's like, like you said you spoke about your relationship that's where like love comes in, right? Yeah. I feel like, so if I was to date a female that was similar to you in the approach where they need like time, like that would like frustrate the hell out of me. Really? Um, But you realize like what I've learned, man, like I feel like people have like a transactional approach to like love to where they feel like if you do this for me, you love me. If you been at this for me you love me it's that transactional whatever and if i love you i'm going to do this for you yeah i feel like most importantly like love matters most when you're not benefiting from it yeah i think that's a mature understanding of love i think what you just explained that the transactional is a very young approach to yes. love. yes and I, i've i've been with people that are like that to where it's, it's not like, even love i probably would say that's more infatuation. I was, I was, I would say that too. And it's like, I've been in, I've been in situations like that, and like realizing that, like, if I've been with someone who may have been more actionably, expressionably, outwardly doing the transactional loving things, like, oh, I love you, so I'm gonna text you every morning and let you know I love you. Mm-hmm. I loved you, so I'm gonna buy you this. I loved you, so I'm gonna do whatever, right. you, however you say, whatever people say, whatever, I was just about to say, whatever people say your love language is, I'm gonna do this because I love you. That shit don't last. Cause like every, every transaction has an end to it mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. But if I could say in that moment, I love you. This is who you are. It doesn't necessarily like suit me, but I'm going to love you either way. Right. Having that patience and understanding. I'm going to love you when it's not convenient for me to love you. I feel like that's more the most important thing. Yeah, that's super important. But I think the flip side of that is, to your point, knowing who you are and how you communicate and being able to communicate, or in how you operate, rather, and being able to communicate that so they understand it. Exactly. For me, I realized, you know, it's like that saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't Don't say say anything, right? (laughs) And then as being an introspective guy, if I get pissed off or something, I just just won't say anything. Mm. Because I know if I say something right now, I'm probably gonna fuck this up i need a a second so i had to learn that about myself and if i'm just depending on the situation i had to be like all right listen we'll address this situation i just need just give me like a day to to think this through and then we'll talk about it or however many hours and um that's not an easy place to get to to learn to to back circling back around the beginning right setting those boundaries right and those parameters and and just being like hey man this is where i'm at and I had to do this with um, with Deja the other day, and it's it's. I think it's actually kind of a leadership trait, which it's 
you know, like say you're in an office, for example, and you're working on something. You have mm-hmm. an employee come through your door and they need you for five minutes. It's like, hey, listen, let me finish this email I'm typing real quick mm-hmm. and then I can give you my attention. But right yeah. now I can't give you my attention until I finish this thing. Yes. Right. And I actually had to do that because I was studying or doing something. And she like walked up to me, wanted to tell me this. I'm like, I, was like, I just need just a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Let me yeah. finish this and I'll give you my undivided <laughs> yeah. attention. And that's like just one of those boundary things. And mm-hmm. we were talking and it wasn't one of those things that in like – initially she didn't she didn't like that feeling yeah she doesn't like having that boundary set or mm. or people saying like no or i need time but she understood because you kind of grow and you learn how to you know what's healthy in a relationship yeah. and how to communicate but that ability is not it's like a learned thing you have to work on that yeah because i mean for her it could have been off-putting but like for you you're saying I can be more effective for you in communication once I get this off my plate. Yeah. To where she took it as like, I don't want to talk to you right now. I think she, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that was the initial feeling. Yeah. It's like, what? Always? But then she, obviously she, yeah. came, she understood, but it's like, hey man, I care about what you have to bring to the table and I love you. And it's like, I want to listen to you. It's just, I'm not able to do yeah. that right now. Yeah. Communication is a hard fucking thing, especially when you live in your head so much. Communication <laughs> runs, runs the nation, man. Like, I know. Like for sure. And like, like I've said, it sounds like we have very similar stories about like being in our head, but just different styles of like how it, how we portray it and yeah. how it affects us. Like, so I mean, I mean, that's pretty cool, but like everyone has their story, man, you know, like at the end of the day, like it sounds like within your relationship and that's, it's important to have challenging relationships because if Deja doesn't contrast to you in that way, you don't learn that about yourself maybe as much. Yeah, because right? this is a, your fiance. This is someone you're in love with. Like you're building a life with this person. Right. So if sh- she brings up something that's in contention to like who you are or know yourself to be in that moment, like you have to kind con- you have to address it. Yeah, you have to. And even if you don't fully correct, you have to unpack it in some kind of way, or like the relationship isn't gonna isn't gonna flourish. And I think that's another thing. Like me, I need I need a challenge. I don't want someone that, like, we have all the same things in common. We have all the the same friend groups. Like, that's, like, easy, and it could be fun, and I think there should be an element to it. Like, we should grow and develop, like, things that are ours together. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't want to be, like, I don't want you to just fit this, this gap in my life. Like, this is who I am, and, like, this person that I'm in a relationship can just fit and plug right into it. Mm. because I want to adapt and I want to move and I want to change my baseline on things as well too. Yeah. So like I want somebody that's a little different than me in certain ways. I want somebody who's going to hold me accountable. Yeah. Like I guarantee you Deja in that moment, she probably said something and you were like, you probably didn't realize how off-putting it was to her at first. So you were like, oh, let me do this first and I'll get. So what's my like, communication style? Yeah. Like, not what I'm saying is how I'm saying it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but like there are people that were like, like, like like would have been in that situation like in Deja's shoes and just been like oh okay mm. like I don't want somebody that's just gonna oh okay or that's just gonna go with the flow like if I'm doing something you don't like tell me if you're thinking less of me for a reason tell me because I really believe in reci- reciprocity I think that's probably the most fundamental thing in relationships so if I'm holding you to a standard of communication like I want you to hold that to me as well. Yeah. I want you to be able to do that for me. I want you to be able to challenge me as well. If I'm challenging you here, I'm saying you can grow here. Like I want someone that's going to do that. I've been living in my fucking head and getting through the world on my own for so long. Like it would be nice to have a partner that like in certain ways like I feel inadequate. 
Yeah, well, they really, you know? they got some strengths that you don't. Yes, yeah. like for sure. Like, and I feel like nowadays, like instant gratification. Like we don't we don't want any type of friction. I feel like friction creates smooth surfaces. Mm-hmm. Like this idea that someone is gonna come and they just fit everything and it's yeah, perfect. nothing's like perfect. That's re- that's ridiculous, man. Yeah, I've seen too many movies or something. Yeah, <laughs> everybody listen to, they have a romantic <laughs> idea of what what life is and how challenges are met. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. it's not that it's definitely not that, dude. Yeah, so. challenges are getting older, bro. We'll we'll see, and I want the challenges, and like, what I will say is, you may see me, you may or may not see me doing things as far as what I have going on that are related to that. I'm, well, trying, I'm trying to word it and be as elusive as I can, but I get it. Well, one you, thing's for sure, you're always doing something. And <laughs> you're, and you're, like you're moving in the right direction, right? Like yeah. you're taking steps to progress and grow and yeah. challenge yourself. And, and people think it think it's like so cool, and I'm like, man, like what you don't understand is like I'm, I'm like driving in this car, and like on the outside it looks like cool and stable, but on the inside I'm just like, yeah. Hold, barely holding it together i'm barely feeling like i have direction sometimes but then something happens and just like jumps me and cat like catapults me into the right place i meet someone that's a catalyst to this and it's just like oh you're here you're there and i'm like man trust me this is not for fun this is not leisure yeah if you see me somewhere something's happening right and i'm trying to make something happen yeah and it's it's work, and you best believe I'm sacrificing something to be there. Like you're a man on a mission, bro. I'm, just, I'm not trying to be cool. Yeah, you know, like this shit is tough, man. Yeah, and other people think you're cool. That's not what yeah. you're trying to do. You're yeah. just out here trying to live. Yeah, yeah. Like for real, you're trying to just like build 100%. your reality. Hundred percent, man. Oh. And, and you get it. I can tell you get it. You know, like from the conversations we had off air, like. Yeah, man. You know, this was a refreshing conversation. I'm glad I, I glad I'm glad I came here. I'm glad you, you know? came too, like, man. It's always good to like connect with like minded people. Yeah. Um dude, David, you know, we've been going for almost a couple hours, dude. Damn, it uh, feels like about twenty minutes. It's just flies <laughs> by, brother. Yeah. Um is there anything you want to like tell the people about or direct them to as we're wrapping this up? Um, as far as reaching to me, seeing what I got going on, I mean Instagram is is my most uh my most used platform at Fighting David. You can find me there. Um I'm working on some other things as far as like YouTube and all that stuff. Not my main focus right now, but right now I'm quiet. I'm in the building stage. So if you want to see what I'm working on or see the the end result of some things, just just check me out there. Dope. Yeah. Dope. Dude I appreciate you stopping by again. Nah, thanks dude. for having me, man. It's been a pleasure and I, I'm happy to see, like, from the last time, the first time I was on here, to, like, where you're at and where I'm at. I think it's cool, and I think we're going to continue to both grow. Yeah, bro. Know? And so the third time is going to be a charm. Third time's going to be where it's at, Mike. It'll be a whole different studio. whole different time. studio. We both going to be on a whole different level. I'm putting it out there in the universe. Let's go. All right, brother. All right, everybody. Till next time. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. As always, if you're getting value, just do me a favor. Tell a friend. Bring us a new friend for the next episode. I will be eternally grateful if you do. That's all I have, though. Just keep being rad humans. We'll be back very soon with another conversation. I'll catch you next time. Love you. Bye. Mwah.